Welcome to another Woj and Low offseason special. I'm Zach Lowe. This is ESPN Insider Adrian Wojnarowski. Woj, the Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions. Congratulations to them. But the offseason starts now. The madness of the draft and free agency is upon us. The draft is in four days. Let's get right to it. Sitting at the top of the Detroit Pistons after years in the wilderness, a chance to remake their franchise. Cade Cunningham has been the name all along. Where are we with Detroit as we approach the draft? Uh, Zach, first of all, happy draft week. I think Detroit is getting there on Cade Cunningham as their choice, but they haven't formally made that decision yet. They had Jalen Suggs in for a workout, Jalen Green. They would like to still see Evan Mobley, uh, but they decided at the very beginning of this, we're going to do a process. We're going to make sure we feel Cade Cunningham is the player. I think they will get there this week. Not quite there yet. Based on what I've heard, I've heard the same about having a process. I'm still going to be absolutely blown away if we get to the draft and it's anything but agreed. Cade Cunningham at number one to Detroit with all the guys they picked last year, Sadiq Bey, Isaiah Stewart, Killian Hayes. Like That's something interesting going on there. Then we get to where the drama really could start, which is Houston at two. They also have 23 and 24, a lot of ammo, a lot of future picks. Cleveland at three. And Toronto in a really interesting spot at four with Kyle Lowry's free agency could go in a lot of different directions there. What kind of trade activity might we see leading up to the draft centered around two, three, four, flipping picks, moving up, moving down? What could we possibly see? I think what teams expect to happen this week is that Oklahoma City starts knocking at the door, whether that's at three with Cleveland, at two with Houston. Listen, this is what Sam Presti had in mind when he stockpiled all of these picks from now through 2027, 2028, three first-rounders this year, next year, the yeah, following look, look year. It, we can barely fit it on the screen. It's it's incredible. And so, but what it gives Oklahoma City is that if there's a player they target, they really want, like Evan Mobley from USC, they're big, they're seven-footer, and they want to get up in the draft to try to get him at three, believing that Jalen Green's going two to Houston, or get to two, that they can keep coming at them with assets, but I think Cleveland right now, they've got to come out of this with an impact player. And this is a draft where you might have it another year. There's like three legitimate number one overall picks, maybe four if you want to include Suggs, Green, uh, Cunningham, and Mobley. I think it's going to be really hard to get that pick away from Cleveland, who I think if, if Mobley's there, they take Mobley at three, and they think they can play him with Jared Allen, uh, play them together at times two with the Cavs. I, I can tell you this. There are teams toward the top of the draft there checking their phones, checking their phones, waiting for that Oklahoma City area code to pop up, waiting, thinking maybe is it going to be the last minute? Is it going to be right before the draft? When Sam Presti comes with number six plus a gazillion picks plus the Godfather offer, and we will see if we get there. Um, and about Cleveland, you mentioned this. Cleveland, that's a team that's under pressure to win next year. Maybe not win big. Be better. But they've got to be better. They have Kevin Love's contract. Maybe that's something they might want to try to get off. But that impacts all of these rumblings about Colin Sexton. They're not going to just give Colin Sexton away for a future draft pick. They need to get better next year. And no matter what you think about Colin Sexton, 24 points a game for a team that has a mandate to win five, ten more games next year, replacing that with an unknown is a big risk. I don't see it. I think this is a team that wants, you know, listen, maybe they're not in the playoffs next year, but can they get closer to compete for the play-in tournament? Can it just be a better product? And they've got to come out of this with a potential star NBA player. That's Evan Mobley at three, assuming that Jalen Green, Cunningham go one, two. 
Uh, and I don't see a scenario here where they're moving either Garland or Sexton for more, like, more picks. Garland, so like, Garland would shock me after the year he had last year. Right, like to get younger. I don't think they're looking to go get younger in a trade. Uh, but, listen, there's gonna there's a lot of interest in getting up into the top of the draft. They don't know yet what may be offered to them this week. The Warriors are a much different place, but the same mandate, win right now. Steph Curry proved to everybody, I am still an MVP caliber player. We got to win now. They have number seven, courtesy of the Timberwolves. Number 14, a really young player in James Wiseman. We know that they're looking around for veteran help using those two picks. Have they been able to find anything? It's hard to find someone who's both available and good enough to justify giving up Two picks, and you may not be in the lottery again for a long time with the talent they have. Have they been able to find anything? There's one player who I think reaches that criteria for the Warriors, whether it's Weissman, the 7 and 14th pick, uh, other assets. That's Bradley Beal, who is not yet and may not be available prior to the draft or prior to the season. Uh, I don't sense that Golden State uh, is has a great interest in being involved in the Ben Simmons talk, certainly at the level of assets it's going to take to try to get that done. And so I think like a lot of the league, Golden State's going to wait, see how it goes with Bradley Beal. But short of Bradley Beal being available, I expect Golden State to draft their, use those picks at 7 and 14 this week. Based on what we know right now, the likeliest scenario is that Golden State makes picks 7 and 14 and rosters them onto the team. That's based on what we know right now at 1.30, whatever Eastern time. The Bradley Beal situation could simmer one way or another. And that is what we will lead off uh, next segment with coming up. The biggest names on the trade block and in free agency, starting with All-NBA, All-Star, Bradley Beal in Washington, and some other big names, too. Come back with us on the Woj Low offseason special. We're going to continue to have some fun. A lot of things are being said. It hasn't come from me. I haven't made any firm decision on you know, what my future will be. Are you frustrated? Is the sky blue? Welcome back to the Woj and Low Special. Welcome back to the Woj Low offseason extravaganza. We hit the draft. Now, Woj, let's go to the biggest veterans that could be moving, maybe moving. Who knows if they're moving? And it has to start in Washington with Bradley Beal, who's entering the last year of his contract, coming off a sensational all-NBA 30-plus points per game season. Where do we stand? Again, we're four days before the draft. Like, if they're going to make, if the, anything's going to happen, there's got to be a little clarity soon. Where do we stand with this? Bradley Beal has not told the Washington Wizards that he would like a trade. He has not told them anything but he is uh, invested in helping them in free agency. And, uh, you know, he's obviously gotten a chance to talk to Wes Unsell Jr., their new coach. Now, there's still time for that to happen. But the mechanism to do a Bradley Beal trade or any trade of a player of that caliber is to do it before the draft because you want to do it around draft picks. Once the draft passes, it's a lot harder to do that deal because hypothetically, if you're going to do it with Golden State, you're going to tell the Warriors who the players are. You yep. would like it 7 and 14 if those players are in it. And so, listen, Bradley Beal has known the timetable of this. 
that if he wanted to be moved, if he wasn't going to sign the extension and decided he was ready to move on, that it really needs to get done before draft night. That doesn't mean he can't still do it. But right now, the Wizards are preparing to, you know, to, to, for draft night, and they're preparing for free agency. And, and certainly Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook are you know, part of their plans for next season. You mentioned Golden State. Bradley Beal is in his prime, still way younger than people realize because he came into the league so young. Sensational player, great shooter. It's not just going to be Golden State if it ever happens. I think there will be so many teams that try to get into this. I think Boston makes sense. Miami makes sense. Golden State, Philadelphia. We can go We can go on and on. But we can start with the Warriors because you mentioned in the prior segment. To me, if I'm Washington, unless I love James Wiseman, unless I love him, and that's a game changer if I love him, Wiseman, seven Eh, good pick, not a great pick. 14, eh, and Wiggins, eh. like, unless I love Wiseman, that's not an incredible offer to me if I'm the Wizards. I'm asking for Warriors, you got to give me 2026 20, unprotected yep. and a swap. And the Warriors, you know, then you could flip, like, what are the other teams going to offer, right? Like, Tyler Hero's value for Miami, I think, is a little lower there, encumbered with first-round picks. Is Boston going to offer Jalen Brown? I don't think so. To me, there's not much point in giving up one star for another if you're Boston. So you start to suss out what is the marketplace going to look like. Golden State can reasonably look at it and say, hey, even if you don't love our offer, go get something better. That's exactly right. And with one year left on his deal— Beal has leverage because the team trading for him wants to know that he wants to be there and plans to resign. But I also think because of the kind of player and person Bradley Beal is, I think there are teams who might not be in glamour markets who would look and say, if we win, that we could sell Bradley Beal on winning and stay in a situation where we could be really good. That isn't an LA or a New York or a Chicago, Boston, Miami. So I do think his... The, the, the teams out there, there'd be a wide pool. Everybody in the league would love to have Bradley Beal. Listen, he's been very loyal to Washington, and he is— And it's you know, he, legit. It's not fake. He, no, he, he loves, loves it. and wants to win. You know, listen, there are some players who look for reasons to leave and some players who look for reasons to stay. He has always been about finding reasons to want to stay there. And certainly they can sign him to the Supermax next season. He, there's a giant extension awaiting him if he wants to do it. I think he has legitimately been torn, and he's always been looking for reasons to stay there. He loves that organization. He loves that city. Uh, but he wants to win, and he's got to look at the landscape with that roster, that team, and, and how they can improve themselves uh, to weigh both of those things against each other. And there's another obvious Beal team we didn't mention. We're going to get to them second in, in a second with separate names. But let's stop for a second. We do need to acknowledge Kawhi Leonard can hit free agency uh, in this offseason, he did just tear his ACL. We don't know when he's coming back. He could miss the whole season. We just need to acknowledge it. Is there any Kawhi Leonard leaving the Clippers possibility? Do What do we know? Because you know, I don't care if he's injured. Teams will line up to get... We saw with Kevin Durant. If you're a top five, six player, teams are going to line up to get you, even if you're going to be out for the season, maybe. What do we know about Kawhi? I've gotten no indication that Kawhi Leonard is interested in doing anything but re-signing with the Clippers, rehabbing that injury... Uh, and, and you talk to other teams and agents who might be talking with the Clippers, you know, the way they're proceeding certainly seems to be with Kawhi Leonard in mind. And listen, you don't know until a player signs that contract, but you just said it, Zach, this is a torn ACL. And there's an expectation that he could miss next season. You tear your ACL in the playoffs, especially in a, in a season where we're pushed 
up against next season a month later, like they can't assume he will be on the court next year. So they've got to proceed accordingly here in free agency and at the draft with their own players. Uh, but I don't have any sense that he plans to do anything but to continue forward with Paul George and that group. So if it's status quo in L.A. with Kawhi, and the current intel best we have is it's going to be status quo with Damian Lillard in Portland for a while. I don't think that deal, that does, as of now, that doesn't appear to be something that's happening this offseason. Um, that leaves us with the other big name that we've got to mention that will absolutely be in play this offseason, is already in play right now, and that's Ben Simmons in Philadelphia, which is the other obvious Beal team that I mentioned. Um, this is a, a, a very complicated situation. His value, I think, is at an all-time low after a, a, just a really bad series against Atlanta where it looked like the free throws and everything was in his head. He pa passed up that dunk in Game 7 that was just, frankly, jarring to see. What's the latest we have on Ben Simmons? The Sixers are engaged out there in trade talks, and they're talking, they're taking on offers, they're making offers around the league, they're trying to get a sense. Listen, who's the best possible player they can get back because they're doing a trade to want to continue to be a championship contender. Like they don't have to take, they, they can't be in of a mindset. And I don't believe they are of, we just have to move him. He's got four years left on his contract and they can't overreact to that. Atlanta four ironclad years, no options, no nothing Four ironclad years, which means he really has no leverage in where he could go. If you trade for Ben Simmons, you know, you've got him under contract. He's going to come and play. And that opens up the landscape of teams uh, but I think, listen, I think it'll, it will be serious this week. And they're certainly, if there's a deal out there, they're going to do it. But they also know they get one crack at this and making the wrong deal. It takes them out of championship contention with Joel Embiid in his prime. They've got to be really careful, but you know, Daryl Morey, like it is hard for him to, when there's a deal to be had in the air, no one loves making oh, we, big we, deals we more that, than him. Well, you know, they went after Harden and didn't get Harden. And every thought, everyone thought, well, if they don't get Harden, Beal's the next logical target. But I think a name that's really interesting as an inflection point is C.J. McCollum in Portland. A Simmons from McCollum swap, who has to throw in draft equity? You know, they'll argue about that. But that has made theoretical sense. Theoretical, I say, because McCollum comes to Philly and he's the, he's the guard that they don't have. The shooting, playmaking threat fits well with Joel Embiid. But then if you're Philly, you start to say, well... Boy, that puts a lot of pressure on Joel Embiid to carry the defense almost by himself. And we saw what happened to Rudy Gobert in the playoffs when Utah built that kind of roster with them. And as you said, they don't want just anybody for Ben Simmons. They want an all-star player for Ben Simmons. The CJ is a very good player. He's already made an all-star team. When they look at Portland, they see the other they guy. They want the other guy. They see the other guy. Who's not available. Who's not available and say, we want that guy, which to me makes it for a very interesting situation. If the Sixers can get a guard some other way, just in theory, if they can sign and trade for Kyle Lowry, then they can look at their team and say, okay, we've papered over one need. What if we keep Simmons, see how he functions in this ecosystem where we have a legit lead guard, ups his trade value, see what happens in Portland, see what other situation goes haywire around the league, because something always goes haywire somewhere, and see what Ben Simmons' trade value looks like in January, February. I think that that frankly makes a lot of sense. Zach, I think more than anything, the fact that uh, Simmons has four years left on his contract means that the Sixers don't just have to do a deal this week. All the scenarios you're laying out are going to be there, and, and you can't approach any of those if you do something real quick here and hastily.
Well, we did just see another team with another point guard make the NBA Finals, and that's Phoenix with Chris Paul. And the point guard market this summer is saturated. There are big names all over the place, starting with the point guard who has a player option in Phoenix. That's a fascinating situation. We will get to him and all the other point guards when we come back on the Woj Low Offseason Special. The Low Post Podcast. New episodes weekly. Listen on the ESPN app or Apple Podcasts. Listen to the Woj Pod. New episodes every week. You can listen on the ESPN app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Woj Low Offseason Schmorgasborg. Woj, it's point guard mania. Chris Paul, Kyle Lowry, Kemba Walker, Spencer Dinwiddie, Mike Conley. Lonzo Ball, Dennis Schroeder, Derek Rose, Eric Bledsoe. So many could be on the move. Let's start with the Lakers, who have a big decision to make with Dennis Schroeder, turned down a big money extension. They don't really have an easy way to replace him, despite the fact he had a slightly disappointing season. What could we see from Tinseltown? Well, as you said, Schroeder turned down that four-year, $84 million extension, which was the most the Lakers could offer him during the season, knowing that there was more out for him in free agency. And you have teams like Chicago in New York with cap space, New Orleans trying to create the cap space to have to go get a pink, big point guard, perhaps Dallas in that mix. But listen, I think people have to look back at this postseason with Dennis Schroeder. And remember, he had COVID late in the year and was out for 10 days and not in the gym and sick and then showed up and played in the playoffs. The performance wasn't there but we saw plenty of other players in the league who went through that at different points in the year. They traded for him from Oklahoma City a year ago with the idea that they would re-sign him. And as you said, they cannot replace him if he leaves. They have literally offered Kyle Kuzma and KCP to almost, almost every team I've talked to in the league has been offered some combination of Kuz and KCP, sometimes both of them, one of them. And that's not going to get them back a point guard of, of uh of Dennis's uh, stature. And so I think, listen, he's got options again, Chicago, New York. I still think in the end, there's a deal to be made for him to stay with the Lakers uh, because all of a sudden now you're talking about, could we go get Ricky Rubio? Like some good players, but I still think Schroeder is a player who, who moves the needle and let's get him out of a COVID season, get him back with a training camp with this team and, and it's probably going to look a lot different. And they need another playmaker to take some of the load from LeBron. That was the idea. They badly need that playmaker to be able to shoot better than Dennis Schroeder can shoot and shot last year. Finding that player is going to be very difficult for them. You can start making up double sign-in trades with Schroeder for another free agent point guard. Those are very complicated deals. There is another point guard who can shoot really well, but is probably out of the Lakers price range. And that's Chris Paul, who has a 40-something million, 40-something million 44. player option with the Phoenix Suns. Just made the finals with them. Wants to be near his family on the West Coast. Phoenix, check that box. Where do we stand with CP3 and free agency? That is a fascinating question in this offseason. Because remember, it's not just Chris Paul, but they've got a Cameron Payne they have to pay to keep. They are, they have extension eligible DeAndre Ayton, Mikkel Bridges. DeAndre Ayton want, is going to want a max contract, and he's going to get it next year in restricted free agency if you don't give it to him now. Mikkel Bridges might be a $20 million a year player. Now you can I don't think there's a might be there. I think he's going to get paid a lot of money. Absolutely. Now, you can push those guys off a year and deal with restricted free agency, but Chris, this is a test for Robert Sarver. And his willingness to spend 
it is not inconceivable that Chris Paul opts out of that contract and comes into this free agent market. And then all of a sudden the Suns are not, the Suns are competing with everybody else and, and other options. And he has a lot more options in free agency right now than he had trade options coming out of OKC last year, even at 36 years old. Well, that would be a huge story. And like you said, they have a year window left for Bridges and Aitner on their rookie deals. The pain financially comes in the next year. A team that is experiencing a lot of pain financially, but that's what they signed up for. The Brooklyn Nets. We haven't <laughs> talked to Brooklyn Nets. Or, in, or the Milwaukee Bucks, who just won the championship. We will get to those teams and the challenges they face next on the Wojlow Offseason Special. The 75th annual NBA draft is next Thursday from Barclays Center in Brooklyn, Oklahoma State's Cade Cunningham looks to be the consensus number one for the Pistons at the top. After that is where the fun really gets going. 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific on ABC, ESPN, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app with bonus coverage at 7.30 on ESPN right after SportsCenter. Welcome back to the Woj Low Show. Woj, let's go to New York's other team, which does not want to be New York's other team much longer. They've got three stars in Brooklyn. They've got a championship-level bench that may not be there next year. Tell us about the challenges that Brooklyn faces at the top and bottom of its roster. Well, the Nets have the chance here to sign their big three all to contract extensions, Durant, Harden, and Kyrie Irving. Ooh. So that's certainly going to be expensive, but they want to get them locked up I think there's optimism that Blake Griffin would like to be back in a part of this. Uh, but some other players who can they pay Landry Shaman, who's extension eligible, and Jeff Green, who I don't think wants to be on a necessarily another minimum contract. He's earned a better contract than that. And 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 maybe a place for Jeff Green if he were to leave Brooklyn. Milwaukee. Because they've got to pay Bobby. They they may not be able, they can't pay Bobby Portis probably what he could get on the market. And, and Jeff Green can fit into any lineup. He's perfect for a thin team. That's why he was great in Brooklyn. That's why he'd be great in Milwaukee. Look, these are the challenges you sign up for when you pay three max level stars. There's challenges for everybody in the NBA. Now's the time when teams are going to try to answer them. Buckle up. The offseason is here. Thanks for tuning in. This interview has been fueled by Gatorade. Whatever path you take to greatness, Gatorade is there to fuel it. Greatness starts with G. Welcome to the Woj Low Off-Season Special YouTube Edition with all the stuff we didn't have time to dive into on the television show. Woj, whew, that was a lot, but we still got a lot we, to we get We left to. a lot. We left a lot on the bone here. A lot of meat on into. the old bone. Starting with the point guards. We could barely get into the point guards. There are so many that are on the market this summer. It's almost bad to be one of them because there's, yeah. just, there's, there's more point guards than money. Let's start with Lonzo Ball. Um, who is a restricted free agent in New Orleans. And I, I don't know where he's going to fall in this game of musical chairs, but anytime you're a restricted free agent, you look around at, okay, who's got cap room to offer me an offer sheet? Who needs a point guard? And there are a couple obvious candidates, right? I think in a perfect world for both Lonzo Ball and the Chicago Bulls, they end up together. But as you said, it is restricted free agency, which means that the Pelicans can match an offer, an offer sheet, uh, from Chicago. They could also work a sign and trade and get some assets, or they could just let him go. Remember, we know New Orleans would like to get involved with Kyle Lowry. And I think, you know, there's a sense of of perhaps them being resigned that Lonzo Ball won't be on their team next year, but can they but can they even if they match an offer sheet, now you have him as an asset. I know the other thing you can count on with New Orleans right now, 
They've got that 10th pick in the draft, and they are attaching it to trade offers with Eric Bledsoe. So they want you to, you're going to have to take on that $18 million contract for this year for Bledsoe uh, and, and maybe even a Steven Adams in some scenarios. But I think certainly Bledsoe, if they're going to move on from 10. So they've been active in those talks. But I think the Bulls and the Bulls and Pelicans talked about uh, Lonzo Ball at the trade deadline. And I thought they kind of got close. They were dancing around it. I think in the end, there was just some draft capital that the Bulls resisted putting in. They had obviously used picks to get Vucevic. That's where I think a lot of this starts uh, with Ball. We talked about Dennis Schroeder on the TV show. They certainly with the Lakers, the easy thing is for them just to do a deal together. But if he's out in the marketplace, if Chris Paul, Mike Connolly, Spencer Dinwiddie, Derek Rose, Derek Rose is another name in Chicago. I don't think he's at the, necessarily the top of their priority list, but if he doesn't return to New York, is there a role for Derek Rose with the Bulls? And I just think there are a lot of contingencies all these teams are working through. Well, I mean, there's a, just a ton of subplots that are interesting when you talk about the Pelicans. Number one, if they're dangling that 10 pick as part of a salary dump, I hope they're getting another first-round pick in return that's just lower, right? I and hope maybe, they're trading down in the draft. That's right. Because to me, just giving up a first-round pick, I, I get the reason, I get the salary mechanics, all that. They're, st I, I know that they have a million picks coming from the Lakers. They're still too early in this rebuild to start just giving away picks to me, unless you're getting, if you move down seven spots to Memphis or something like that's not so bad. You can get roughly equivalent players at 17 and 10, but this, this sort of is almost reminding me of Anthony Davis 2.0 when they got AD realized we have a transcendent talent and then just went a whole hog rushing to get veterans around him. And the team just wasn't good enough. And I think with Zion Williamson, I just think they have to be careful. Feeling the pressure is one thing. Like Zion is a transcendent talent. We saw with Trey Young just now. If you're if your your young guys might be 22, 23, if they're ready to win with talent around them, they're ready to win. I just just be a little, just try to thread the needle like the Hawks did. And I think the Pelicans hope that if let's say they got Kyle Lowry, veteran point guard, that it is in some way, and I don't think it's they're not going to be in the NBA finals next year. But in some ways, it could impact their roster the way Chris Paul impacted those young players in Phoenix. I, I think it's—I I understand the thinking. Uh, certainly, he'd improve them. They want better decision-making and maturity. All, all the things that certainly Lowry would bring you, but there's a big market for Kyle yeah. Lowry. And you're talking potentially $25 million a year, $30 million a year for Kyle Lowry. It's going to be— uh, expensive to get at him in free agency or a sign and trade. After Phoenix, I'm hesitant to rule out anybody making the NBA Finals like ten months in advance. That was that. No one. If we had sat on this show a year ago and said, you know, we might make the finals, Phoenix, keep it up. We I thought, been, hey, listen, when they made the first ball trade, good. hey, they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're a good. playoff team. We thought they'd be good, but finals was yeah. was. I want to go back to Chicago for a second because I think it was kind of an under-talked-about story at the end of last season. They put in a lot of draft equity and Wendell Carter Jr., who's, I think, a decent NBA player, to get Vucevic, didn't make the play-in tournament. Couldn't even make the play-in tournament in the East. Now, Zach Levine was in health and safety protocols. That was a huge deal that really hurt their season. But I think it hasn't been talked about enough that this is a team that's under pressure to win next year. They have to get in the playoffs next year. They have to make a leap next year. And when you look at their core, it's they don't have this giant hawksy young core of guys. And that's why the Lonzo thing is so interesting to me. Are they going to be able to get him out and out in free agency? 
is it going to cost them Lowry Markkinen, which is a name like you barely hear anymore? He that that was the rumored deal was Lonzo that, for Markkinen. That was the what, deal. What, they what talked is going to happen in Chicago? Because they need to put together a team. They're they're alarmingly dependent right now on guys like Thad Young and Tomas Sadoransky. They need to fill out this roster. Yeah, and you just mentioned Sadoransky. That's a player that there's there's a lot of interest in him there, and I think especially very good teams see him as a guy who can just fit in uh, and play a role. Yeah, this is an important summer for this Bulls team, and I think Billy Donovan, Mark Eversley, their GM, and of course Arturis Karnishevis, their president, trying to figure out what what the right mix of players looks like. This was a team that was playing really fast last year, and then you trade for Vucevic, and it slows down a little bit. And I think, you know, listen, he's a great, you can play a lot of offense through him. They've got to figure out, and, and playmaking was certainly, you know, a big part of that. I think, you know, this is a team that, like, you're exactly right, they, they've got to figure out their identity. They've got to get a playmaker to run it. And the Vucevic trade sped up oh, the pressure on this team to not just, like you said, not just be able to get in the play-in, but be, like, they think they should have a team here now that, is a is a perennial Eastern Conference uh, should be contender. There's still a ways away from that. And we forget things like this, but another guy that went out in that trade was Otto Porter, who the Bulls didn't give up a ton for Otto Porter. It was Jabari Parker and Bobby Portis, who now feels like a ton because he's fresh off the final stage. And Otto Porter just didn't work out. He he was right. part of their core. He was the, the big three that they wanted. And those things just keep rippling into the future. And we saw how Daniel Gafford played with the Wizards. He was a find for that Washington team uh, after he came over in that deadline trade too. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply.